Good evening. I hardly hear anybody. Good evening. <laughs> Bolivia. Maybe you do not know too much about Bolivia, but um, even where it's located. If you look at the map of South America, it's right in the middle. We saw it last evening. Uh, it's right in the middle of South America, so we call it the heart of South America. It's the, um, the poorest nation in all of South America. And the different countries we've been to, even richer countries in South America, Bolivia seems to be the happiest. Since people, poor people are, they, they never complain about their situation or circumstances. They do what they can with the resources they have, and they're happy people. Um, first, Bolivia was dominated by the, the Spanish who exploited their silver and their gold, and they used the Amara and Quechua Indians and African slaves to do the job. And um, Simon Bolivar, or, or we just call him Simon Bolivar, Simon Bolivar in English, I guess, he was um, born in um, Venezuela, and after finishing his studies in Rome, he, he came back uh, to um, consecrate consecrate his life to the liberation of, of America. He um, studied in Rome, and when he came back, uh, he returned to Venezuela in 1810 uh, to fight for the independence of Colombia, Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Bolivia, and Peru. That's a lot, a lot of countries. And um, Bolivia became a republic in 1825, and at that time it was under the heavy influence of the Catholic Church. And um, we, um, we really appreciate going to Bolivia because um, one of the reasons, that's where I met my wife. No, she's not Bolivian, she's American. But uh, we met there and we had the same purposes, the same um, um, goals in life, and to serve the Lord. Uh, in uh, South America, so that was a good, uh, a good start. And um, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but uh, we just had our, we're going to have our 46th anniversary in December. That's a long time. It doesn't seem that long to me. When I think of the verse in 1 Corinthians 13, love suffereth, suffereth long, you know, but anyways. <laughs> but um, Bolivia is open to the gospel. Um, still, even though in January of 2006, the, we, got, we, we got a leftist, leftist president, Evo Morales, um, and um, the first Indian to be a president of uh, Bolivia. The Indians make up about 80% of the population of Bolivia. And um, he... Uh, won a landslide election because he promised the, the uh, Indians that they could grow all the coca they wanted to, even though the, the states was on, on Bolivia's back to stop growing the coca because in the mountains of Peru and uh, Bolivia, they, they grow about 80% of the world's uh, coca leaves. And the coca in itself is not a bad thing. And it's, um, they say it's good to... Uh, it's good for your lungs if you chew it, but it's not good for your teeth because it takes all the enamel out and it turns everything green. But uh, it has, um, it's good if you have an upset stomach. But the problem is a lot of these leaves are uh, shipped to uh, 
Colombia, and they extract an alkaloid solution from the leaf to um, make cocaine out of that, and uh, they make billions of dollars on that every year. It's amazing. Anyways, uh, uh, this, this man uh, is trying to um, get his religion into the country. It's uh, animism. If you know what animism is, basically it's um, um, spiritual beings would occupy inanimate objects. That means that spiritual beings would occupy the flocks, the trees, and the rocks, and and that sort of thing. And this is what the president practices in the presidential palace at least twice a week. Along with that, he has to um, he has principles of mixed with that principles of communism, which means that. Uh, the teachers must in the public schools have to teach his religion and along with that they have to teach they have to teach animism which is not a good thing he wants to do away with all the religions he says in Bolivia but he wants to do do his own and we know of a Christian teacher that teaches in a public school and uh, she has to teach this what do you do she needs to work and she needs a job but at the same time she has opportunities to witness to the kids in her class and uh, out in the country. And she, um, kids asked a lot of questions about uh, life and the gospel, and so it's opportunities at the same time. But it's not easy. But it's not a, a real um, extreme um, uh, atheism or, or uh, rule. It's more of a moderate form of uh, government, which means there's still opportunities to go out and to uh, preach the gospel. And uh, the problem with the, 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 with, with the people that practice animism is uh, if you try to um, bring the gospel to these people, a lot of people, Indians, practice this. Um, they, they say that uh, if they do accept the Lord Jesus, that their spirits would, would be offended and bring a curse upon them. So, and so it's hard to get the gospel to these, these type of people. Anyways, um, about the work in, in Bolivia, um, the first missionary was an Irish missionary. He went to Bolivia in 1895, and the first assembly was started in 1915. And uh, the assembly that we go to, they've seen the pictures, the ones who were there last evening, of Tarija, uh, the southern part of uh, Bolivia, there was an assembly which was started by an Irish, a British missionary, excuse me, 80 years ago, and it's still meeting in the same place. At that time, uh, there were uh, maybe five or 6,000 people in that town. Now there's over 300,000 people, and where that uh, assembly is, they have over um, 300 square feet of property, sort of a big piece of property. And uh, they are still meeting in the same place, and then, back when that place was started 80 years ago, it was on the edge of town, on the edge of town. My wife went there before I, when I was just getting to know her, uh, to visit some New Zealand missionaries, and they were able to visit all the homes, uh, her and a friend, uh, Gladys, was it, door-to-door. Uh, -door. But then that place was on the edge of town. Now it's in almost the middle of town, five blocks away from downtown. So it's in a very good, it's in a very good place. Um, 
Bolivia, there is not much industry. People sell what they can on the streets. They have a hard time trying to make uh, ends meet. And approximately one-third of the population make maybe less than $8 a day, which even to their standards is, um, they, 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 they can, I don't know how they make it. I really don't know how they make it. But um, the farmers are the poorest in the world, and 80 of the uh, people in Bolivia, 80% of the people live and work in rural areas. And the life expectancy probably would be around uh, um, 60 years in, in the cities, but in the rural areas, it's about 50 years. So uh, I'm way beyond that anyways, but anyways. Um, children. There's a lot of children. 50% uh, of, of Bolivia's children are undernourished. And um, where we live, um, 42, maybe over 42% are under 15 years of age or younger. So that means that a lot of, there's a lot of children, and they're reaching a lot of children for the Lord through uh, what they call um, horas felices, um, happy hour. Well, here the happy hour has a different connotation, I know. But uh, it's really a happy hour for them in the real sense of the word because um, they get children, and the children are easier to reach, and they have um, Bible clubs for children uh, on Sunday afternoons. They have camps for children. They have camps for young people. Just last year, we were at a we were at a youth conference, which was held in Tarija in that assembly. There, they have a large uh, auditorium behind the like a gymnasium almost behind the, um, the main building. And um, they were invited to come from all over the country. This is, they do this every two years. And we had about 350 young people come from outside the, the city. And imagine having to cook for, for all those people and accommodations for four days. It was a big job, but they were able to do it. It's amazing what, what they could do. And uh, we had a couple of preachers from uh, Argentina that came. They're very good speakers, and all had they had uh, messages geared towards for the young people, and so that was a really uh, great experience to see all those people come. Sometimes in the evenings you could see the the uh, place filled with almost over 800 people, and the breaking of bread on Sunday morning was just a little bit of heaven, I think, to see all those people there from all over. It was really uh, a great experience for us. Um, so we um, ask you to pray for uh, Bolivia. There's a lot going on. Uh, I understand you have the B a BBN here station now. No? That's what I heard. Anyways, yes, in English or Spanish. Anyway, there we have in, in Bolivia, in our city, there is one, and there, in the country there's about 12 or 15 in Spanish, of course. So that's a good, that's a good thing as well. And um, there's, uh, what else? We have camps for children. We have... Um, um, in the city of Tarija has over 300,000. There's only four assemblies, but at the same time, there are uh, 12 Mormon, large Mormon temples. And all the other um, God false teaching is going on there. And um, pray for the national workers. They, the assemblies don't have the vision to support and provide for the national workers. There's about 20 of them, and they need, um, they need your prayers, and they need... Um, uh, support and there some of these people are very very uh, gifted men uh, pray for their leadership in the assemblies too. a uh, leadership sometimes is um, 
lacking because the problem there was the missionary always had the final say in, in, in decisions that were made. When we were there, they would ask us for counsel and, and what we should do. Tell us what we need to do. We don't know what to do in this situation. We just gave them counsel and helped them to go along as much as we could. They're on their own. They're doing better than we ever could do. There's no resident missionary there. And it's an assembly of about uh, 200 people in fellowship, maybe a little bit more. So that's a, that's a good thing. Why do we go? We go to, um, to encourage people, to, to visit people. We, every day we're invited to, for a meal to a different home. So we get all kinds of different food. <laughs> and uh, it's good in one way, not just for the food, to get into the people's homes and to fellowship with them. They have questions on the family and the children, different problems that they face, to pray with them and also to read the word with them. So it's a real, uh, we love to go into their homes and just to, 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 to have the fellowship with them and encourage them and, and help them in, in every way. Uh, the, the third assembly, which is what you saw yesterday, people putting up the, the brick wall, they, they have their own property, they're Quechua, but they also speak Spanish. We were saying yesterday that when Shirley would give the a message to the to the ladies, some of the older ladies would fall asleep. And usually when Shirley speaks, nobody falls asleep. And afterwards we discovered that uh, they couldn't understand Spanish, just Quechua. So the next time, one of the ladies who uh, was bilingual, Spanish and, and Quechua, after Shirley had finished her message 15 or 20 minutes, it was, it was longer, wasn't it? She probably said it was longer, but 15 or 20 minutes, this, this other sister, Nancy, she would translate almost word for word what Shirley had said. Amazing, amazing. And these ladies never fell asleep again <laughs> after that. So it's, it's good. There's also a Bible school. They can go for, to Bible school for a year, not in our city, but they can go for a year before, encourage young people to go to Bible school before they go into college, to give them a good foundation in the Word of God before they get uh, into, uh, into college. And we have a couple of young people in the assembly one who was a student now that are teaching at that Bible school, which is good to see young people gifted in teaching the Word of God. It's, it's, it's just uh, amazing. And the, the fourth assembly, the last assembly there was started because of the uh, happy hours, because of the oras felices in a home by a lady who insisted that uh, they would start meetings in her home. And they, they started about three years ago. They have about, what, 15 or 20 people. They're looking for a property to buy and to, to meet. And then it, it, this is in a poorer area of the city. So uh, these are some of the things that are happening. And um, we'd like to, uh, I'd like to mention a couple of people before I close here. Uh, one of the person that we mentioned, I may not have mentioned last night, his name is Mario Luna, or Mary Mario. Luna means moon, okay. And this is a, a blind brother. Uh, he, uh, he also t used to teach music. He has a Bible in Braille. He's a very gifted speaker. One time I, we had did a conference together, and I spoke in Spanish, and he translated into Quechua. It was really a great experience for me. Uh, but he's a real dear brother. We had a great time uh, doing that. And uh, he has a wife. She's, she's not blind. He has two daughters. They're not blind. I asked him one time, I said, well, what, you know, what, um, how do you feel not having seen your, your wife 
a fine Christian, and his daughters are fine Christians for all these years. Well, how, what, what, what do you think about? He says, you know what I think? A lot of things in this world are not worth seeing anyways. Well, that, that was good. <laughs> and uh, one day I'm going to see my wife and my daughters, but most of all I'll see my Lord Jesus Christ face to face. I saw him again last year. It was just a joy to see him. He gets so excited uh, when just to hear my voice. He knows right away. He jumps up and down, and, and I get, you get a good hug from uh, Mario, uh, Mario Luna. So that's a, a, a good thing. And uh, so we'd appreciate your prayers for us. Lord willing, we, we hope to go to Bolivia for another brief visit in September. Every time we go, it's more difficult, maybe because of our age. I don't know. Maybe that's an excuse. But uh, we're still looking to Lord's guidance for that. It's, uh, now traveling is going to be more. You hear, we hear about things about traveling and the difficulties. It's a good thing I'm not overweight. I wouldn't have that problem anyways. But um, it's hard to get into the country. Be not as far as flying is hard because we get a flight in. The, the best flight we can get is American, and that's not really a good flight, but that's the, the most economical flight. We leave uh, from Miami at uh, 12 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and we don't get into the, uh, into the Santa Cruz, which is not even our final destination, at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. And then it takes another day till we get to the Tarija, place we have to go to. And by that time, we're just already tired out. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we appreciate your prayers for that. And uh, we uh, would say along with Apostle Paul, brethren, pray for us, and we also will be praying for you. Thank you. Thank you, brother, for that report. 